Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones because the show is about to start. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Rick Blaine is an award-winning film critic featured on TheBigScreen.net.org and has been highlighted on over 75 unreleased independent film posters in less than 12 different countries. Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Happy New Year! Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is back. And we're excited to get the new year started, especially with an episode like this where we get to preview a good chunk of the new year. What's so, coming? Yeah, that's right. Welcome back, one and all. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater. So happy to be joined by the Bemidji Theater in doing this podcast and to have their sponsorship. Don't forget about $5.50 nights on Tuesday nights, as well as the college uh, student nights, I should say, school nights, really, because it's anybody connected with the schools, as long as you've got some school ID to show. Um, that's on Thursday. Thursday, that's right. And that the you Tuesday, can there. that's all day. day and, uh, they don't do a lot of matinees uh, on Tuesdays, but when they do, day or night, if they have a show, it's 5.50 on Tuesdays. That's right, yeah. So keep that in mind if you're going to the Bemidji Theater on Highway 2 just down from the airport. Well, we're getting into a preview of the next four months ahead. Actually, even really the next five months. We're going to dabble into May a little bit with this 2023 early slate preview that the we'll first get into. trimester yeah the first trimester or so but first a couple of items to get to for the present day of course the big story right now at the movies the av- the the return of avatar to the big screen an avatar way of water dave which you have been to see i've has seen done it. huge business oh yeah it's officially the number one movie of 2022 it bypassed top gun maverick uh, last I saw, it is number 10 all time and climbing the charts. That's enormous, given how yeah. little it feels like it's been. It's only been in theaters for a Two month. We- three weeks, and it's gone huge, even just domestic numbers. And there seems to have been like some push behind it. Well, I don't know. They need a, mil- a billion and a half to break even. They're looking at that in the rearview mirror after two weeks. So do not ever bet against James Cameron enough now that obviously the third one will come out in 2024. And it sounds like they're going to move ahead with uh, four and five. So clearly this is happening. They're getting the response yeah. that they hope for. And it was a fantastic movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but I really liked it a lot. I want to go check it out at some point. I think if I get a chance to do so, we may revisit that with an in-review episode. I think it would be good to get into that, especially since it has been so enormous at the box office. Definitely going to be worth going back to and and revisiting again. I've already seen it being floated for some awards and some categories possibly that it could be up for, so we'll keep an eye on that, especially as we get closer to Oscar nomination season. It wouldn't be a shock to see Avatar Way of Water in the running. See the first one if you haven't already, and make sure you go to the bathroom first. It's a three-plus-hour movie. Uh, the smallest drink there is a bladder buster, so you're going to be fighting the odds. Couldn't they fit like a 10-minute intermission in there, like back in the old days? Come on, this is an Iron Man match. Put your, grit oh your teeth and let's go. Strap your catheter and let's go. I thought it would be a decent idea, but anyway. <laughs> well, here we are. 2023 is upon us, and that means it's time to have a little bit of a look at the slate of movies and what is ahead here in this coming year. Dave and I like to do that pretty much come spring we'll go through that summertime we definitely take a look at what's at the box office there and then we go into fall and winter as well that's kind of how we break it up like you said trimesters is really how we look at it not evenly spaced but you get the idea yeah generally this is kind of a quiet time of the year anyway but there are a couple of exceptions that are popping up on our radar that we'll be talking about here as we get rolling forward so the movie that just came out this past weekend is where we'll start Uh, we're recording this on january 11th and this past weekend, well, actually, it was toward the end of last week, Megan hit theaters with the three in there in the Megan spelling of it. Um, and this is th- this is kind of an AI horror movie is what we've got here, essentially. An AI doll, or is it an AI person, Megan is? Well, which is the creepier doll? Is it Chucky from the Child's Play movies, or is it this Megan doll? Or the Annabelle from the Conjuring movies, I guess it's coming down to. You lose your child 
And so you come up with an alternative, and it's this doll that takes on probably more of a life than it should, and it's getting really good reviews. The last few years, horror movies have really kind of picked up some traction after almost being non grata for a while. This one is fitting into that mold and getting very good response. There's talk of a sequel. You know what's weird? I've seen not only the good reviews, which surprised me when I saw the previews of it's like, this doesn't really look like it's going to amount to much. It's not your thing, though. But apparently it... It has been actually kind of funny and has embraced a little bit of a camp nature to it, yep. and that that has worked very well for it's it. It's kind of self-aware, so it's a little bit meta, and so it's not taking itself too seriously, and people are digging it, they're getting the vibe, and it's getting great reviews. Uh, not number one, because it's still going up against Avatar, so that's going to be tough, but getting really, really good reviews. Yeah. So and- go check out Megan. All right, so that was last weekend. Another one worth talking about, which is going to come out this weekend, Friday the 13th. It's a reboot of a kind of a popular cult series from the 90s, House Party, Kid and Play. They were a rap act back then. Uh, it's. I don't think it's going to be anything special, but it is worth bringing up. The House Party movies are so synonymous with the 90s. Is there going to be a reboot to this that'll bring it into the more the 2020s? I don't know, but it's it's worth bringing it up as a blip in passing. This is also somewhat interesting to me because you've got Spring Hill Company involved here, the production company with LeBron James and Maverick Carter. That's his crew, and LeBron is involved with this movie as yep. well, and he's going to appear in it too. Well, he was, he was a fan of this. He was also a fan of Space Jam, and his version didn't go so well. Oh, so gosh. we'll we'll no. see. We'll see. It's just it's just an interesting blip that there's a connection to something that is popular. It could be something. It could be nothing. But it's just worth bringing up in passing. In passing. Yep. So that's going to be this coming weekend, January 13th, with that release. There was a, a play that came out a few years ago called The Father, and they made a movie of it. And so now the pre it got pretty decent reviews. So now we have the prelude to The Father called The Son. It's got a very good cast. Hugh Jackman is in it. Laura Dern is in it. Anthony Hopkins. The first one came out of nowhere. It was just one of those, eh, nobody really thought much about it, even us, but it was one of those that people saw it and they they really got into it. They liked it enough now that there's a prequel to it. Prequel to this stage play. The Sun is coming out. It's scheduled to come out January 20th. I don't think it's going to be a real you know, sexy box office thing, but if you like some good meat and potatoes, so to speak, this will be one to dig into. Well, when you've got a cast like that that's yeah. been assembled for it, I mean, it's a pretty... A pretty impressive group that they've gotten that they've gotten put together for all of this. So it it kind of stands out in that regard of of the cast that they've been able to put together. But it is this a a bit more of a drama type movie yeah. here? Okay, it's worth looking into. So if you're like, I wish they weren't all space alien movies. Here's your chance. Go see. Well, I suppose you could see this one first because this is the prequel, uh, and then go follow up with The Father, which was the first one that came out, and this is the prelude to that. So if that if you follow the chronology here, um, now everyone remembers going back into the '80s. Michael J. Fox is well known for doing Family Ties, and then the first move. Well, not the first movie he did, but he came out in a movie called Teen Wolf. Had a sequel with Jason Bateman. And MTV kind of revived it and did a TV series. They've done about six seasons worth of Teen Wolf, and now it's going to the big screen. And essentially, this new Teen Wolf, the movie, is essentially going to be the seventh season, I guess you could say, condensed down onto the big screen. So life imitates art, imitates life. So it is carrying off of... The it's, series, then, yeah, oh yeah, it's 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 the series on the big screen. So you've got to see the first six seasons. Now see season seven condensed into a what ninety minute movie or whatever it'll be. So it's got a following to it. It's got it's campy. It's fun. It's what it is. And now it's on the big screen and it's scheduled to come out the twenty sixth of January. So it is going to be on the big screen because I'm seeing Paramount Plus here on some of the advertising There's, that's connected with it. I well in this case a lot of things that come out on the big screen or on streaming do they don't they how long is that theatrical window it might be kind of like uh the 15 minute window that we saw what was that show that just came out on streaming it was out for 20 seconds in fact if you came in late they wouldn't let you before it was streaming later uh that was the knives out sequel that's right the first one came out for like 20 minutes on the big screen and now it's exclusively there's talk it's going to be on screens it might not be on screens stay tuned i think there's wiggle room for that which by the way Really quick, since we're looking ahead into 2023, I'm curious as we continue to move further and further away from the pandemic and from COVID, 
Are we going to see some of these these habits changing in this coming year with movie releases? Now that we're a little bit further away from that, we have some movies that had to make some decisions about how they were going to be released that either have already come out or, in this case, maybe are on the tail end of, of some of those decision-making processes of what that was going to be. Are we going to see a change, a full change, or will we see some kind of return to what we saw pre-pandemic or a blend of the two? I'm really curious to see how that might play out as we move into this new year. People want options. People want to see their shows. It kind of goes like that. When it comes down to exclusivity, there's still some movies I'm dying to see that came out years ago, but they came out on some streaming platform, which... I'm not going to subscribe to you know XYZ just because I want to see this one show. Well, you get the trial month. Well, yeah, but then the next thing will come six months later that I'll want to see on the same streaming service, and I don't get the trial anymore. I don't think I want to subscribe to it. If it comes to the theater, it costs me, what, seven bucks or whatever to go see it, and then it's done, and everyone gets to see it. Then it can go exclusive to whatever platform, but I want the opportunity to see it without having to subscribe to yet another streaming platform. So people have spoken up. They want to see it. And the big question is, will people go back to the theaters? Didn't we just mention Avatar broke a billion and a half dollars? Yes. That, they didn't fall over that in the ditch. They found it in coming in for people to go see the movie. People will go to a movie if you give them a reason to go to the movie. And Avatar is one of those that you don't want to watch in a terminal at an airport during a layover in Detroit. You want to see it on the big screen like I did in 3D. Well, speaking of this topic and speaking of what you said about Knives Out, we've got a movie that is being released by Netflix that follows then on January 27th, and that's the movie You People. This will be fun. This is going to be a hard R, so this is going to be, that's always a joke. You people? What do you mean, you people? Well, this is Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and a crew of others. It's it's going to be a hard R. Uh, I don't think it's got a rating yet, but you know where it's going. And if It you, is R. It's all, yes. And it will be a hard R at that, but this is going to be funny. So if, you're, if you can laugh at things that are maybe inappropriate, like I can do, you're going to have a blast. If you get a little sensitive about things, that's totally fine, but this will not be the movie for you. But I think you'll be missing out. You people, it's going to be fun. It's going to poke fun at one of those things that's easy to poke fun at. It'll be uh, racially charged, but in a funny way. Cultural clashes. Cultural clash. There you what go. What seems to be at the center of what I, a lot of what I'm reading here. A lot, of, a lot of differences. Cultural, generational. A, a lot of different dynamics are going to be in play, and it looks like all under this one movie rooftop here. People have asked, I don't think you could make that movie today. Some of the best comedies you've ever heard, oh, you couldn't make it today. This is maybe a litmus test to see if there any truth to that. Can we really make something that might push an envelope? It's the kind of movie I would go see, but we'll see. It's supposed to be coming out here on uh, January 27th. There's another one worth talking about, it, There's whether it gets any theatrical window or not, but it's coming out on a streaming platform, but it looks like it'll be a good one. Prime Video. Prime Video. Yep. Shotgun Wedding, Jennifer Lopez, Josh Duhamel. Uh, it looks to be like more of an action comedy kind of a thing. Lenny Kravitz is in this one, too. Yeah, and it's going to be a fun one, and it's going to be coming out at the tail end of January, just a couple of weeks before uh, Valentine's Day, so could it be a perfect date movie? Kind of like uh, Sandra Bullock last year did The Lost City. It was a little action comedy romance this looks like it's made from a similar ingredient mix. Yeah, basically this is a destination wedding gone wrong in the sense that it gets hijacked by criminals, apparently. And you have this couple at the center of it, um, Jennifer Lopez and Josh Duhamel, who, who are at the center of all of that and who kind of rediscover their love for each other a little bit in the midst of, in the midst of all of this chaos as their dream wedding is turning into... A nightmare, thanks I've, to this intervention. I've got the vibe, Six Days, Seven Nights with Harrison Ford, if you're familiar with that late 90s movie. I, this seems like it's got that same kind of vibe. Six but, Days, Seven Nights. Oh, it's a good Harrison Ford and Anne Heche, directed by Ivan Reitman. It's a great comedy. Uh, it'd make a good sweetheart movie, but it's got a couple of moments that'd be like, eh. An action comedy oh, with yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 98, I think it came out, something somewhere David around there. Swimmer is in it. Yeah, it's, it's a fun movie. Anyway, that's what we're looking at for January, and then you start making your way into February. I'm already seeing some advertising for this this next movie. I saw a trailer for it. I saw a priming of the pump, so to speak, as, as far back as late summer for M. Night Shyamalan's latest, Knock at the Cabin. 
And with M. Night Shyamalan, you just never quite know no. what you're going to get. And you don't even really know exactly what the plot is until you get closer. You're, they're starting to let some of the details come out. But, I mean, almost the title kind of tells you what it is. You're alone at the cabin. There's a knock at the door. Uh-oh. Something tells me it's not Girl Scout cookies. So this is going to be a thriller. There will probably be a twist. M. Night Shyamalan, I don't think he has or maybe will recapture the glory of the Sixth Sense era where you really were, oh my goodness. But it, you know, worth maybe checking out. A Night at the Cabin. Maybe he'll get this perfected. Four armed strangers take a young girl and her parents hostage and demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. And then they have to decide what they believe as they are pretty much cut off from contact to the outside world yeah. with what they with what they've got here. It's M. Night Shyamalan's first R-rated movie since The Happening as well. That's also apparently been announced as well. But The Happening was not his best outing. I mean, there's fans, There's, there's. I haven't seen any one of his movies except maybe Lady in the Lake. I really couldn't get out of there fast enough. But they all have something. And uh, this one might have something. We'll see. It's worth at least having it on your radar. It's up to you if you want to check it out. M. Night Shyamalan, probably since the early 2000s, has been kind of a roll of the dice. You just kind of don't know what you're going to get. So you're on your own. Let's talk about wrapping up what is not really a trilogy, but it'll be uh, the end of strip dancing. Oh, oh boy. Well, I guess, I I mean, it kind of is a trilogy, isn't it? It's been three movies. uh, Three movies is not a trilogy. You know that. It's got to be one story told in three parts. That's a trilogy. Part one, part two, part three. All right, there we go. Well, this would be, I guess, the story of Magic Mike. And his last dance. Yes. So if you've seen Magic Mike and XXL, well, this is the third and Possibly the final one. Channing Tatum is back. Salma Hayek is in there. Uh, we'll see if there's any gas left in the tank on this one, but there has been a lot of goodwill for those first two movies, and who would have thought that the first one was going to be what it turned out to be? Oh, boy. The second one, it was okay. It was decent enough. And the third one, we're going to find out. Sometimes the third one is where you realize there shouldn't be a fourth one, or it sticks the landing, and, well, now you got debate as to whether there should be a fourth one. Well, they Res- found— Remains they, to be seen. They found an avenue to run with, I I think that's the that's the bottom line on the Magic Mike movies. They found something that kind of worked for them, and they just they just kind of went with it. But even more so than that, Channing Tatum here's this model guy that actually turns out he's good, he's funny, and he can poke fun at himself. If you haven't seen the Magic Mike movies, see him in the Twenty One Jump Street movies with Jonah Hill, who we talked about earlier. The man's got talent. The man is funny. The man is a pinup model who can act and is a really good comedic actor. Yes. So they have found a way to make the story work with a great leading guy, kind of like Chris Hemsworth. They're rolling it, and they're going to squeeze out as much as they can. Will there be enough juice? That's the big question. So stay tuned. But worth checking out. If you're a fan, I think you'll like it. If it's uh, you haven't checked out the Magic Mike movies, well, check them out. And if they're your thing, then <laughs> check out The Last Dance, scheduled to come out on February 10th. Oh, boy. Well, there was a trailer for this next movie that came out during the College Football Playoff National Championship here just earlier this week. A full-length trailer for it. The next in the series on Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantum Mania, the next uh, movie there, and from Marvel as well as we see what's what's happening lately with Ant Man himself. Um, Scott, what's his name? Scott. Scott Lang. Scott Lang. You there got, you go. Yeah. yeah. Paul Rudd's own Scott Lang. Yeah. Um, of course, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, they're back for this one, and not only the continuation of Ant Man's story, but also the latest in what's next in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I th- I have to look it up. I think this is the first for Phase 5, I think. Now, Phase 4 got a lot of criticisms for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Some of them were fun and interesting, but they weren't really feeling like they were building to anything. They were just kind of wandering out in the meadow, so to speak. Well, let's get this great character we like, and we'll just let him go for a while, and, and that, that's it. All of the other ones, Phase 1, 2, and 3, they were building towards something. You maybe didn't know what it was, but it was a part of something bigger. While Phase 4 just kind of seems like it's been kind of stuck in the middle, maybe. And I kind of agree to that to a point. So I think this is the start of Phase 5. Maybe it'll start feeling like it's building to something. Well, what's interesting is it seems like the idea of time is, again, a big factor here in this movie and we've seen that in some of the recent marvel movies that time and and different different kind of universes are getting played with a lot here we saw that of course with spider-man and the spider-verse and the way that's getting tapped into certainly with doctor strange 
time and different worlds and different different storylines, all of that just seems like it is really getting harped on more and more with some of these movies, and it feels like that's going to be where a lot of this centers on again. This one has always dealt with the quantum realm, and this one looks like it's not just going to touch on it. It's really going to dwell into it. Evangeline's mom's character, uh, played by Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, was spending some time in there before she came or returned. So they're going to be going back down there. Michael Douglas, Bill Murray is in this one. This could be fun, but there could be some problems. There's talk reports, I should say, that they are doing some reshoots right now. And this right mo- now? Yeah. And this movie, or just finished, and this movie's coming out scheduled for February 17th. That might, there's always reshoots. People panic when there's reshoots. That's kind of standard. But when you're going to reshoot the movie a minute and a half before it comes out, that might tell you there's a problem. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But the Ant-Man movies, I've enjoyed them very much. They've been done very, very well. Um, could this be the start of the popping of the bubble for Comic book movies? I don't know. I think it's way too early to see that. Let's, well, see, let's see what they do, but it looks... I, w- I would give it a, certainly some options. That kind of thing gets speculated on about as much as crypto and its demise. Well, so. how many people were ready to see Avatar <laughs> burn in flames and it just made a billion and a half dollars? So let's yeah. let's calm down. Now, this one, I got to prime the pump for you on this one. This one is going to be fun. Oh, my gosh. February 24th. This is a movie called Cocaine Bear. All right, so this is based on- I can't on a, believe we just said that here on this, this show. This is based on a true story, and then the movie takes this true story and says, well, what if this happened? And so it takes yeah. a kernel of- Are you familiar with the story? I have heard little details <laughs> like that, that yes, it is based on a true story, but they took that and they have yeah. blown it up to massive, oh, yeah. you got to put it on the big screen proportions. Well, that's, that's basically what I've come across. It was like the 80s. It was cocaine and it was big. Oh, my word. Back in, I don't know what year this actually happened. I think it was back in the 80s. Some drug smuggler was overweight on his plane and he had to maintain altitude. Something. He threw bags of cocaine out of the plane to lighten the load so he wouldn't crash the plane. Well, then they would go back looking for these bags of cocaine to get them back. Turns out right next to this bag of cocaine, they found a dead bear that had eaten pretty much this, I don't know, kilo or whatever it would be, this brick of cocaine, ate this thing. And you have to imagine, for the 15 minutes or whatever it was before this bear's heart exploded from the cocaine overdose, what apex predator really means when you've got a grizzly bear now high on smack. So now I took, and that was a real story. That really happened. Well, what if, huh? What if you're like an Elizabeth Banks actress, director, character, writer, comedic actress, character, and some group of comedic writers? What would have happened if, and so basically now, what if this apex predator? High on cocaine, roaming the woods, was like a Friday the 13th movie. On a rampage. On a rampage. And let's go. That's what Cocaine Bear is. Do not take this seriously. Uh, think of it like real. Think of it like the Anthony Hopkins '90s movie, The Edge, where they're trying, they're lost in the woods, and there's a bear after them. Oh wait, it's high on cocaine, and we're really going to push the limits of reality, but in a fun way. And scene. This movie is really either going to work, or it's going to crash and have its heart explode like the bear in real life. Uh, this could go either way, but I say uh, movies like this, they used to make these on a whim and they either sunk or they floated, but it will become a cult classic. I want to see it. I have a statement and a question. <laughs> Number one, the producers clearly knew what they were doing, making the title of the movie Cocaine Bear. They knew exactly what they were doing. That was going to get Tells people's the attention. Story. Number two, will Eric Clapton be part of the soundtrack? <laughs> Or any rock and roller. I mean, you got a Keith Richards. How much of that well, stuff do you think is? Well, still you know, in the I'm I'm pointing directly to one particular song with Eric Clapton. Yeah, so, yeah. I got you. Yeah, this, so there you go. You're either going to love this movie or you're going to hate this movie. Oh but my gosh, good I will. For you I for will going. not. I will not be attending. But hey, if, <laughs> if you're planning to go. Carrie Russell will Whatever. be in it. Uh, Elizabeth Banks, who is very talented comedic actress, director, writer, you yeah. name it. She's behind this, and I'm sure she's got some friends helping oh out. Oh, my gosh. Worth checking out, Cocaine Bear, February 24th. I will be saving my money for the following weekend because that is when, speaking of movies in three parts, Creed 3 is hitting the big screen on March 3rd. 3-3-23. That's when we get Creed 3. Michael B. Jordan is back and in the director's chair for this movie as well. That's a big component behind the scenes. Tessa Thompson, of course, back as well. 
A childhood friend of Adonis Creed's is now on the scene in this movie and is an upstart in the boxing world and one who has some deeply rooted rivalry that's kind of festered with him as I think based on what I've seen with the trailer and some of the stuff that I've read, he's somebody who was close with Adonis growing up, but he got a little bit more stuck in the criminal system than Donnie did, who then was able to, he got, of course, adopted then by his his actual mother, or, or actually, no, his, um, uh, Apollo's, Rashad, yeah, yeah by, by Apollo's wife, not his actual mother, Apollo's wife kind of took him in, even though he's not her own son, but she yeah. took him in like her son, and then, um, and then, of course, he went on to become a big boxer in these last two movies. You but, start at the same place, you go down different paths. Yes. And now those paths meet up again. With Adonis very successful at this point in his career and apparently in his home life as well, things are going very well. But now this figure from his past emerges and brings some conflict to the forefront there. I, I think it's an interesting concept. I'm curious how much more they flesh it out to see where this goes. Creed, of course, was critically acclaimed a phenomenal movie on many many levels creed 2 did solid it it was just okay where's creed 3 going to go and how's michael b jordan going to do in the director's chair with it or all the things that i'm looking toward but i'm going to be there i'm going to be checking it out and no sylvester stallone with this movie as well this is a you know this whole thing started as a rocky spinoff rocky balboa and it really grew into its own and yes. i when i first heard about it, i and what are you gotta be kidding it's really lived up to maybe beyond the promise but yeah stallone is done um and he is signed off on it you got my blessing to move forward obviously and then things changed Erwin Winkler, one of the producers from the very beginning, is now in the crosshairs of Stallone, where Stallone is saying, this is not the direction I would have taken this, and he's largely written all of these Rocky movies and the Creed movies, and apparently Stallone is not thrilled with where it ultimately went, I guess. That could just be one person's opinion. It could be, it remains to be seen. We're just, I thought the trailer I saw looked pretty good. It got some good promise. Does Stallone, who's been at the heart and soul of all of these, including the Creed movies, until now, does he know something we don't? And you got to think maybe he does. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see in March. So, following weekend, Scream 6? Really? Scream 6? Yeah, March 10th. This is one of those where how far will this go? Wes Craven, who really did these through the first four of them, and then it went on with Scream 5, which was also just simply called Scream. But I thought it was good. I'm Well, how much more are we going to squeeze out of this? Well, now they're moving the set out of Woodsboro, this uh, fictional California town, and it's being set in New York City. Well, finally, they're moving away. But didn't a Friday the 13th movie try to escape Crystal Lake and go to New York, and it was one of the weakest entries? I hope this is not Scream Ghostface takes Manhattan. If anything, we got a great poster out of it. I don't know if you saw the poster for it, where yeah, where they made it like a subway line in the shape of the scream mask, and it strings together with all the victims along the way too, and and it strings from one movie into the other, into the other, into the other, and you see all the different characters who are on there from throughout the creative. The story. I hope the whoever created the poster had something to do with the script as well, because <laughs> you need to have some creativity here. You can't. Can't just oh, we'll do it again. No, you need to bring something good and new. Courtney Cox is the only original cast member returning. Uh, several from the last movie are coming back. Hayden Panettiere we haven't seen since the third one. And um, spoiler, of course, the the last one came out about a year ago. We know that David Arquette's uh, character was killed off in the last one. But Nev Campbell is not coming back for this one. Her character still lives, as far as we know, but it was a contractual dispute. Really kind of came down to money. They wanted her to take a big pay cut. She said, well, no, I've been the heart and soul of this. You should pay me what I owe you. And they said, we'll see you in the next movie. So no Sidney Prescott, no Nev Campbell. She could return down the road. It's a possibility, but Courtney Cox... The only one who's going to be returning. So, interesting. Uh, March 17th, we get into the DC Universe. And That's right. And there's some controversy where Superman is involved in the DC Universe, but Shazam! The Fist of Fury. And this... Uh, yeah, Fury our, timing, our timing, by the way, couldn't have been worse when yep. we recorded the Superman podcast. Yep. Because then, afterward, Henry Cavill says... Sorry, guys, they're not bringing me back. No, they said we're not going to bring you back. They said that. We're going to do another Superman movie, but it won't be with Henry Cavill. It's going to be a young Superman. 
Well, Superman, not Henry Cavill, but Superman showed up from the neck down at the very last scene of the last of the first Shazam movie. So you thought, well, here we go. And now this will be something else. This was a movie that was going to come out uh, right around Christmas time, and they bumped it back onto the schedule. So now it's pushing into an early spring movie. Uh, could be interesting one. The first one, I thought it was a lot of fun. Zachary Levi did a great job. Helen Mirren is going to be in this one. Um, this could, I thought the first one really looked like it was going to be a lot of fun. It turned out to be a little more serious than it than you thought it yeah. was going to be. But it was a good movie. Can they follow it up? There's a lot of good inspiration here. Are they going to do their own thing? Or is this going to be the same thing that has plagued most of the DC movie comics? I hope it doesn't go the route of Wonder Woman that started great and faltered big time with the second one. I hope this continues to go strong forward. I like the character. I like the idea. And it is tied into other things. So even if the DC universe is going to kind of get some restructuring, this would tie in pretty well. Let's see what the new Shazam movie is going to do. The long-awaited fourth installment of the John Wick series, oh, be- Chapter be- Four. Oh, before yeah, that, sorry. Before, before we that, get there, there's another opening that weekend too. Same, that wanted to get same into. weekend, sci-fi. It's called simply called sixty-five. What if you try to do time travel, but you screw it up and you go not sixty-five years, but sixty-five million years million. back in time? So it's almost like uh, Planet of the Apes, and you find out that you're really on Earth, but it's primal and yeah. there's dinosaurs and all of that. I I didn't. Did I see part of the trailer on this? I saw something regarding this because it has Adam Driver yep. who's in it. I think I saw like a little teaser clip of it somewhere. There's, uh, I've seen posters and I've seen some concepts, but I haven't seen a teaser or trailer personally, but that's not to say I've seen a poster. I, saw, I know that. Uh, Sam Raimi's involved in this. He's not directing it, but he's producing it and he's got some good vision. If it sticks to what Sam Raimi, we've seen he's capable of doing when he's at his best, whether it's some of the Evil Dead movies, whether it's the Tobey Maguire era of Spider-Man movies, this man knows how to do it. He's also got a couple of falterings under his belt, so we'll see which one this one goes. But it certainly looks like the talent that's there cast in front of the screen and behind the camera are positive. I like the concept of it. What would you do if you were in your hometown 65 million years ago? Do you think you could make it, let alone make it back? As we've seen with Kylo Ren, Adam Driver can pull a lot out of maybe a little or something that seems a little bit limiting. This could be an interesting one, well worth checking out. You are looking forward to a Keanu Reeves movie I heard you jump on. Why, yes. Yeah, I jumped the gun a little bit on it since we had another one on March 17th. Yeah, March 24th, John Wick Chapter 4. Yeah, that long-awaited fourth installment in the John Wick series, which has been wildly successful. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves has found, has just found a new lease on life on the big screen with what he's done with the John Wick series. Um, I know a lot of people are, are looking forward to what's next in this ongoing series as he's kind of, he was excommunicado in the last movie and everything. Where does he go next? Bill Skarsgård is now is is in with this one, too. A lot so. of returning characters. I'll tell you one yeah. thing. I got dragged to one of the John Wick movies. I think it was the third one. And I didn't know anything about John Wick. It just didn't see... It wasn't appealing to me on the surface. The trailers weren't doing it for me. And I was... All right, it's your turn to pick the movie. And I went to see John Wick 3, and I loved it. And so I had to go, what was the thing about the dog? What? I had to go back and watch the first one. Loved it. Second one, loved it. Rewatched the third one now that I knew what was going on. Loved it. These movies, there's action movies that are like the John claude Van Damme type that are just somebody had enough money to let's go make a movie. And eh, this is not that movie. This is... How do you want to describe it? It's a really well-done version of a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie where the plot is exceedingly simple, but it's how it's executed is exceptionally well done. Not just what's on the screen, but what's written on the script. Very stylish, too. Very, but it's not just cake with just heavy frosting. There's cake there. It's, it's a meal. It is awesome. Well, to borrow another Shrek analogy here, this has been like an onion with this movie. And if you would take and start at the center of the onion, we're peeling back the larger and larger layers of the underworld and the and, and the hitman underworld here with John Wick as well. And now it seems like as he is fighting against the powers that be, we're just seeing this world expand more and more by the movie, and that's what brings us to this latest and a, one. In a very structured world. It'd be interesting if there's any reality to this at all, but the way they have tokens and the way they have rules and you have timeouts and blah, 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 and safe havens where you can't. That's interesting of a concept. And so whether that's real life or not, I'm not in the underworld, so I can't speak to that. But it certainly makes for interesting dynamic on the screen. So all the John Wick movies so far, if you haven't seen them, if you started out like me, eh, 
Give it a check out. You might like it. If you're an action movie fan, it's definitely one you don't want to just sleep on. Well, for fans of role-play games and such and Dungeons and Dragons, this is the weekend for them. March 31st, Dungeons and Dragons hits the big screen and it's Honor Among Thieves. Chris Pine is in this, but also they've done Dungeons and Dragons movies before. This is its own thing. It's not the latest sequel. It's a complete on its own thing. They did a few movies uh, in the 2000s for a while. This is not a continuation of that. It's just, we're going to start all over with a whole other Dungeons and Dragons honor among thieves. Yeah, it has no connection to that previous nope. trilogy. You yep. know, all things considered, if this being kind of a restart, you kind of wonder if, they'll, you know, I Liz were okay, but we could do better. Let's hope that's what it is. It's got a pretty decent cast list associated with it, and a lot of times they get brought in by a script, and let's hope that's the case. Um, but this is one of those genre things. If D&D is your thing, this might be a movie for you. It's just one to keep on your radar i'm not recommending it i'm just saying just be aware and one other thing more for nostalgia and uh for posterity really on the same weekend march 31st a movie called assassin is coming out and it will likely be the last movie for bruce willis who of course has got some cognitive uh issues that are are prematurely ending his career i don't know if this is going to be a very good movie i think the last good movie he did was the red movies and uh, but everything else, they're pretty much direct to video. I think he's was doing the Nicolas Cage thing for a while, where he didn't didn't care. I don't care, whatever. He was basically doing glorified cameos for a lot of money. This could be that. It could be a bad movie. It very well could. But Bruce Willis is a screen icon. Uh, whether he's your flavor or not, this is probably his last movie. So for that reason alone. We're just going to mention that it's uh, worth taking under consideration. Just be aware yeah. if this could be the end of a, of an icon. You know, we've all grown up with John McClane and so forth. This could be the last outing for Bruce Willis. It could be a very bad movie. I don't know, um, but just be aware. Assassin could be the. La- it'll be in a Trivial Pursuit question someday. What was the last movie to star Bruce Willis? Ooh, ooh, Assassin. There well, you do go. you do you want to save as we continue through here? Do you want to save May? For when we get into April, and may, or do you want let's, to run through that as let's, well? Let's bring us up to summer, and then we'll get All the, the summer. Way. Yeah, okay. we'll get there. That's kind of what we've done. Uh, up to April, Super Mario Brothers movie. Chris Pratt is doing the voice. There's some backlash here. There's He's basically not even doing a voice. He's just doing the voice of Chris Pratt. And the argument is starting to come up. Really? There's, you know, some of these actors that we know as actors, they do some great versions when they're just doing the voice of. I mean, just one example, Tom Hanks and, and as Woody and Toy Story and Tim Allen, they work great together. I couldn't think of anybody doing a better voice. And then they did Lightyear, and that just kind of proves the point. Voice actors would go fantastic. There's an actual voice actor who does Mario in the games. They could have called him up, and they could have brought him in, and he would have been the same voice in the movie that you see in the video games but they went with chris pratt and nothing against chris pratt i know there's some backlash against him i don't get it i'm a fan but in this case i gotta say yeah it's just chris pratt doing chris pratt's voice and not it's a me it's a mario i can do a better version of that than chris pratt could and, and maybe that doesn't really matter <laughs> but it is what it is could it be a fun movie could it go the route of say like wreck it ralph which was a great video game movie yes it could it could be a stinker. Um, we're going to find out, um, but it'll be one to keep on your radar if nothing else. April 14th. This one looks interesting. I just first heard about this movie the other day. There's a trailer just came out. Did you see the trailer? I didn't see the trailer, no. The The concept The concept strikes me as very quirky, very quirky I think is a great word for it, because when you involve Nicolas Cage as Dracula... There's already going to be a little bit of intrigue involved, isn't there? Nicholas Hout has really, in a very short amount of time, amassed a pretty good body of work. His skill is really out there. I mean, I think he really kind of got a lot of notice when he was in the reboot of the X-Men where he was Hank McCoy the Beast. That's where I first heard Mad about Max him. Mad Max Fury Road. He's done some stuff. Well, Renfield is, if you're familiar with Count Dracula, especially the first, you know, the original 1930s movie, he's basically the assistant. Yes, master. Yes, that was Renfield. Well, what if Renfield, who works for Dracula, and like a lot of us maybe want to get away from our work environment and our boss, what if your boss isn't Netflix 
it's Count Dracula, you know, and people don't really get that. And, of course, when you get Nicolas Cage, it's come out, though. Everyone thinks this is going to be a Nicolas Cage movie. No, he's actually going to have very limited screen time. This is not about Dracula with Nicolas Cage. This is about the titled character, Renfield, who is also ably capable acted by uh, by uh, Nicholas Hout. This will be a good movie. It's going to be quirky. And what if Renfield falls in love with someone? That's the idea behind that this. That's be where Aquafina comes in, who it, it appears is going to be the love interest here, who's this traffic cop in New, Orle- New Orleans. And Renfield is like... Okay, I could see life away from Dracula now. The one this could be a good fun movie. It could be a fun good story. I, I'm wondering if this might go the route of say Joker, where it's a really good performance in a movie that's kind of eh. So I didn't love the movie Joker, but I thought the, the acting was fantastic. I di- I wonder if this would go the same way. It could, but it's certainly going to be quirky. The first trailer has come out. Clearly, it's quirky, um, but I think that's by design. So if that's your flavor. This might work for you. This is, I think it's one of those you're going to like it. You're going to get into the quirk or you're like, I didn't get it. I thought the acting was okay. I don't know. We're going to, we're going to wait and see, but it's definitely one to have on your radar. Another one just to put up there for the same thing because it's got more some to the parts. Uh, April 21st, the new Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Rises. I'm, I will admit, I am one of those people. I get the concept. I think it's kind of cool. The execution. Not so much. I think the first Evil Dead movie, and I've seen it a bunch of times, trying for it to catch on with me, and it just isn't. I just, I'm not a fan. I think it's overblown and overhyped. I love Army of Darkness, and that was a good one. The remake, I thought it was good, but holy gore! I can take some gore, but I that was getting to the point where I was, I was looking at my watch and ready to move on to do something else. So I, I will admit, I am not a huge fan, but I know plenty that are. I get it for whatever reason. It's the wrong Velcro to attract me to it. It just isn't sticking to me. I don't know really why. It just doesn't. Um, Sam Raimi, I'm a fan of his, but where the Evil Dead movies go, eh, Bruce Campbell, when he's in them, I like them. This is a whole other thing, but be aware, Evil Dead Rise, April 21st. So then we get into May. We'll we'll give a look here ahead to May as well. And we'll start with May 5th and the latest installment of Guardians of the Galaxy as Marvel strikes again here early in 2023 guardians of the galaxy volume three the latest adventures of the guardians as they continue on and are somewhat far flung now with uh with folks elsewhere gamora comes to mind um and what they're up to now with their latest story in the uh the ever-evolving marvel series and what is next for them um apparently trying to to refit um a world that they've gotten and facing some opposition as well well, like we said with the MCU, with Phase 4, it just kind of felt like we were just spinning our tires. Well, now, I, like I said, I think the Ant-Man movie is the start of Phase 5. This would also be part of Phase 5. We do know there will be more Avengers movies coming. How the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to fit into it will remain to be seen. Um, this is the last contract for everybody that's involved. And even Dave Bautista, yeah. who plays Drax, has said he's looking forward to doing this and getting it done and then being done. And so... This could be a turning of the corner, like we've seen Robert Downey Jr. done. Could he return? Eh, Scarlett Johansson, she's done. Could she return? Probably not. I think we're coming to the end of the sentence that is the Guardians of the Galaxy without some major adjustment. Well, when you have to get into all of that makeup that Batista has to be able to play Drax, it's no wonder he's maybe looking forward to doing some other roles because apparently it's takes hours for him to be able to get all of that assembled. almost naked except for pants and he's it's a full body job so i get it but i think it's also one of those where he is playing a certain type of role that other roles are similar to he's got some skill he's kind of like chaining tatum he's you think he's going to be just one thing and then you realize he's a little more multi-dimensional than that he's done a pretty good layered henchman in a bond movie he's clearly got some pretty good comedy chops that clearly come to the surface not just in glass onion but also as Drax in the volume in volume three now for Guardians of the Galaxy. Needless to say, if you have really enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, you'll probably want to really check this one out because I think it, the Guardians as we know them, it looks like are are coming to an end here. They're fun, and as a lot of those MCU movies go, some of them are hard, are heavy. It's weighty. This is much more fun. It might be tying into something heavier, but the Guardians themselves, it's fun. It's got a killer soundtrack, which is kind of part of the appeal. Oh yeah, it's fun. You could tell everyone there is having a good time. Chris Pratt and the voices of Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper. This. 
I have the feeling that if there's a Guardians Volume Four, it's going to look and feel different than where we've been. So uh, May thir- May fifth, rather, is when that'll be coming out. Here's another one that really came out under the radar with the first movie. So that May 12th is a movie called Book Club 2, the next chapter. Well, the first movie came out, and it had a pretty impressive cast. You've got uh, Diane Keaton and Jane Fonda and Candace Bergen and Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the movie apparently was pretty good. It caught on. It was one of those that maybe it didn't go gangbusters of the theater, but enough people caught it that they were like, that was really good. And they found out, and they decided, well, we'll make another one. Will it be an example of lightning in a bottle? You can only catch it once. Will this be like Speed 2? I don't know. But again, this is one of those where if you're complaining that every movie shouldn't have to be about guardians and galaxies and exploding and aliens and blah, blah, blah. I want something that's just fun with good actors that know how to do Then go check out the first Book Club movie and then go see the sequel, Book Club 2, on May 12th. How about movies that used to be about cars yeah. <laughs> but now have become way, way, way way off the road there's rumors this one could be the last one <laughs> that's what we keep yeah. hearing. that's what we keep hearing fast x in case you haven't figured it out already is coming out may 19th jason statham is in vin diesel of course is back because it's about family uh, michelle rodriguez family the rock isn't coming back so Coronas. we got another wrestler john cena will be in this one um, they uh, roped Brie Larson into this. I guess they watched those commercials that she's done for Nissan, and then she they're like, you're on board. I'll, I'll tell you what I think about the Fast and the Furious franchise, because that's what this is, Fast X now. Um, I thought the, they were eh, they were kind of generic, and they went downstream. And then Frank Lynn got involved right around, what, Fast 5, I think it was, and revitalized the whole thing. It wasn't about cars anymore. It was almost like Ocean's Eleven, but everyone's got a car. It was like Ocean's Eleven mixed with the Italian job I was just in a lot of that. ways. Yeah. And it revitalized the franchise. Well, now even that little nitro boost is starting to wear thin. You're getting to the point of disbelievability. Ah, I see it's it's, uh, it's kind of like the Evil Dead for me. I get the appeal, but it's not grabbing me. I thought the first one was watchable, but not much more beyond that. I thought Fast Five was a great resurgence. And then it quickly starts to fall off from there. I, I'm not really grabbing the appeal. Um, if this it's, cast is enormous oh, yeah. for this movie. But that's the problem. It's become about spectacle and not about what's in it. And so where Ocean's Eleven could pull it off. And they had a really good story and great cast, of course. The Fast in the franchise is just kind of... In case you're wondering, no, I don't see The Rock here. No, he's not in the this. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes problems there. Uh, a lot of issues between he and Vin Diesel. He's just not back into this movie. Yeah, it it's just been flat out awkward. If it's your thing, thing, you're going to look forward to May 19th. If you're not a Fast and the Furious franchise fan, it may not be your thing, and I probably won't be there. And maybe I'll catch it if I'm flipping channels one day. But it's I'm biased. I'm just going to outright say it. It's, it's not my thing. But if it's yours, I hope it's good, and I hope you like it. I'm I'm out. It was my thing for a time, but yeah, it's just dragged on too long by this point for me you know and, and i haven't they've, seen the, they've completely gotten crazy with some of the concepts i haven't seen the last two jurassic world movies for the same reason it's just it's 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 beyond itself then we wrap it up memorial weekend this will get us into the start of the summer of 2023 disney is remaking everything they've got in the vaults and they're doing a live action version of it it was pinocchio it was the lion king it was jungle book and now Little Mermaid has got its turn with Halle Berry putting on the fin, uh, kind of like Daryl Hannah, I suppose. Halle Bailey. Oh, did I mess that up? Yeah, Halle Bailey. My is bad. Her name. My yes. bad. So yeah, that, not Halle you, Berry, Halle Bailey. I feel right. like uh, I feel like Gilda Easy. Radner on Saturday Night Live. Violence on TV. No, it's about violins. Oh, never mind. Yes, so Halle Bailey is the one who's saying the role. Funny like that, so. if it was autocorrect, too. But it's one of those where the, the the cartoon versions, they're all classics. With, was there, well, I think Jungle Book did okay. And, but beyond Beauty and the Beast, eh, all of these, they're just, they're not catching on. The original part of the charm that made it work so well was the animation. The live action stuff, it just isn't catching fire. Um, will the Little Mermaid finally catch on? I don't know. But given the track record of all that have come before it, even with amazing talent, it just doesn't seem like... I think part of the magic is the animation, which isn't here. I don't know. But if it's your thing and you're going to see Little Mermaid no matter... I feel like I'm poo-pooing a few of these movies this year. So Maybe a little bit. But, but there's reason to. Yeah, so Halle Bailey has been on TV on, on Grownish 
has been the movie that she's been on and has done pretty well on. Um, she's actually going to be in an upcoming adaptation of The Color Purple, actually, later oh. this year as well. And, of course, now is on The Little Mermaid. The The most recognizable names that I see in terms of some of the other roles Not are, Halle Berry. No. Not in this movie. Melissa McCarthy is going to be Ursula, and then Javier Bardem is King Triton. This is going to have a good cast, and it would have been fun to get Halle Berry involved, but no. She can't swim. Not quite. I think she can swim. I was making a joke. I don't know about that. So So we're we're looking like a mixed bag as we get into the first trimester of 2023. There's some hits, some misses, some big titles coming up that really could strike big, some that might miss, and some that are coming out of nowhere that are just kind of grabbing my attention. Could be something. Could be nothing. But you know what? That's kind of the fun thing when it comes to movies. It doesn't matter what this idiot is saying, if it interests you at all, regardless of what I think about the Fast and Furious franchise, if you can't wait to go, by all means, get there. Yeah, that's something you and I always say when we do these previews. We like seeing some of those original concepts and ideas because... It's a little bit out of the norm. I and mean, I like we, sequels, too. Yeah, sequels sequels can be really good. They they can provide a new chapter. It's fun to see some of those surprises that come along. It's fun to see some of those that, that sort of are out of nowhere or maybe have a familiar director or a familiar actor or actress who's in it. it it's fun seeing those come along, though, and, and maybe take you by surprise. So keep an ear to the ground. Keep an eye out there for what might be on that kind of radar in the next few months. Maybe it's one of these. Maybe it's something we didn't mention. And if it doesn't matter what Hoove and I think, if you want to go see Cocaine Bear, you go see Cocaine Bear on February 24th. It could really be something interesting, or it could be one of those that... I think I know what you're going to be doing. (laughs) i got to try it. It's exactly what we're talking about. It could really be a mess. It could be a cluster. It could really be bad. Or... It could be, maybe it'll be like a death to smoochie kind of movie. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it and there will be no in between. It very well could be, but you're not going to know if you don't see it. So if you got something that interests you, by all means, go and see this or any of the others, whether we mentioned it or not. And the summer of 2023 is looking big. Of course, Little Mermaid will kick it off. Indiana Jones is coming back. This will be a fun summer, and we will talk more about that as we get a little into warmer weather. Springtime will come, and we'll talk about it. But the uh, end of winter and springtime for 2023, make your picks, get your tickets, and go see a show. Cocaine Bear. I had never heard of Death to Smoochie until you said that. I really? Just, I just looked it up here. It's basically a spoof of Barney. Oh, my word. But that's Danny, what, I, that's but, what I'm finding. But Danny DeVito wrote, directed, and starred in it. But Edward Norton. It's worth checking. But you will either love it or you will hate it. There is no in-between. It's oh. dark. It's charcoal black comedy. Yeah. I have a feeling that uh, Cocaine Bear is going to be cut from that cloth. We'll see. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater on Highway 2 just down from the airport. So there you go. That's looking at the first five months of 2023 and laying it all out there for you. So enjoy. Get a chance to check out some of these films. And until next time, I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And we will see you at At the the movies. movies.